Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. After All These Years by Layla Harrison on Gossamer. Rating Explicit. Chapter 1. Wednesday, June 5th, 1996. FBI Headquarters. Mulder strode into the office. He was hoping that Scully would be there when he arrived, which she was. But she didn't look nearly as happy to see him as he was to see her. Hi, he said to her as he came in and shut the door behind him. He took in how she looked, as he always did. Today, she was wearing a slim black suit with a cream-colored shell beneath it. He took in the creamy ivory stockings she wore, the curve of her legs as she sat at her desk, her legs crossed. The pumps she wore had... The pumps that she wore that he never noticed, not really, until about six weeks ago. That was when they had become lovers. Hi yourself, Scully answered. She was flipping through papers and had looked up at him as he entered, but had quickly returned to her work. Guess what, Mulder asked. I don't know, Mulder. Tell me. He noticed immediately that her voice was weary. He was hoping that what he had to say would help take care of that. I just got back the request I put in. We have the rest of the week off. Scully looked up at him. How can we have the rest of the week off, Mulder, she asked. She indicated the files on her desk. We have seven case reports to get into Skinner by the end of the week. It's a mountain of paperwork. Mulder came over to stand behind her and massaged the back of her neck gently. Come on, Scully. We can do them over the weekend and get them in on Monday. We could spend the rest of the week enjoying each other's company. His tone was suggestive. I can think of a few things we can do. Scully carefully extracted herself from his hands and stood up, turning to face him. She came face to face with his surprised expression. What's wrong? Nothing. Scully tucked her hair behind her ear. I'm just exhausted. Why don't we get out of here, get some lunch, go take it over to the reflecting pool, and spend the rest of the afternoon there. At the mention of lunch, Scully wrinkled her nose. I'm not really hungry, Mulder. Mulder came over to her and took her in his arms, kissing her. She didn't respond with the usual intensity that she normally did. Dana, he said in a low tone, what's going on with you? You've been like this since the beginning of the week. She wouldn't meet his eyes. I'm just feeling a little, I don't know, smothered. Mulder immediately let go of her and took a few steps back. He was surprised. Ever since the first time they had made love six weeks ago, he and Scully had been practically joined at the hip. Every free moment was spent making love, kissing, or gazing at each other in quiet romantic places. During work hours, they were very careful to act normal, afraid to let anyone at the bureau know what had blossomed between them. Mulder had to admit that they had been rushing things along a little quickly, but Scully had not given him any indication that she had minded until her strange personality changed two days before. I'm smothering you, he asked. I don't know, Mulder. I just feel like this is all moving a little too fast. Scully had turned her face to look up at him, struggling to keep her eyes from darting around nervously. But she seemed very sure of what she was saying. We still don't know what this will lead to. I mean, we've been involved for a month and a half now. Is it just going to be this way forever? Or do you see anything more permanent happening between us? Mulder stiffened. Permanent? 
He knew that he shouldn't react that way, but the thought of committing himself to anyone, even Scully, terrified him. It meant that there was a likely chance of him losing her, and he didn't deal well with loss. He knew what she wanted. He wanted it as well, but it terrified him. Committing himself to her meant that if he lost her, and he had come so close to losing her before, and they hadn't been involved back then, and look how he had reacted. I guess I can take it that you don't want anything more permanent. Scully's voice trembled slightly, but Mulder didn't seem to notice it. Scully, I was hoping that we could discuss this later, away from work. Sure, she answered, in what she hoped was a light tone. We can talk about it later. It's no problem. Mulder sighed with relief. She understood, he thought. So what do you say to dinner, then? Scully returned to her desk and sat down, avoiding his eyes. Actually, Mulder, I was thinking that maybe we should stop spending every waking moment together. It can't be healthy. What about every sleepy moment? He asked teasingly. Scully looked up at him. Maybe we could just see each other tomorrow. Her tone was clearly evident she wanted space. It wiped the smile from Mulder's face quickly. Are you sure, Scully? Something was wrong. He couldn't put his finger on what it was. Yes, I'm sure. Mulder pondered this for a moment. Scully was obviously upset about something, and he didn't want to push her. He didn't want to upset her further when it was obvious that she didn't want to talk about whatever it was that was bothering her. Still, he was nagged by the feeling that she should talk to him. After all, it wasn't like they were just friends anymore. I just need some space, Mulder, she said. Interrupting the silence, her voice was pained. Mulder studied her face. She looked upset. Okay, Mulder replied, as calm as he could be. He was right. Something was terribly wrong. Okay, I'll give you some space. But Scully, I need to ask you one thing. What, she asked, looking up at him. Did I do something? Say something wrong? She looked down at the desk full of papers, closed her eyes, shook her head a bit, then opened her eyes again. No, Mulder, it's nothing that you did. Her voice was somewhat controlled, but he could still sense that she was keeping far too much from him. There was silence in the office again. Mulder shifted uncomfortably from one foot to the other. He and Scully eyed each other for a few moments. Then Scully cleared her throat. Can you finish this up for me, she asked, standing up and pointing at the paperwork. I need to get out of here for a while. Sure. Mulder nodded, wishing that he could go to her, hold her. He somehow sensed that she would not want that at this moment. He felt distant from her. He couldn't recall feeling like this once since they were involved. Mulder used to joke that there were two ways to determine time in his life. Before they had gotten involved and after. They had been like this before, but not now. Scully gathered her things and headed for the door. Mulder didn't turn to watch her go. When she reached it, she paused. She turned around to face him again. Mulder? His back still at her. Yes? I love you, she said softly. Without even seeing her face, he knew that she was crying. Then he heard the door open and Scully was gone. He didn't even have the chance to reply. Mulder. Two days passed. Scully didn't come in to work for the rest of the week. I called her once on Thursday afternoon but got her answering machine. I'm sure my message sounded pretty pathetic. 
As soon as I hung up, I wished that I could somehow erase what I had said. Scully, I don't know what's gotten you so upset, but I was hoping we could talk about it. That's all I want, is to talk to you. Please, Scully. She didn't return my call. I waited until Sunday. I fought with myself internally. She'll call you when she's ready, I told myself. But I need to know what the hell is going on. She didn't show up for work Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Finally, Thursday morning, I called her house. This time, I got a recorded message. We're sorry, but the number you have dialed has been disconnected. No further information is available about that number. This is a recording. I slammed the phone down. Disconnected? Fear coursed through my veins. Had something happened to her? I grabbed my coat and headed for her apartment. Damn it. I shouldn't have waited so long. What if... I stopped myself. I knew she wanted space, but I had to know that she was all right. I didn't see her car on the street when I pulled up. I headed into the building and went to Scully's apartment. I stood outside the door for a moment, then finally took a deep breath and knocked. The door swung open slightly under the pressure of my hand knocking on it. I cautiously drew my gun. Oh no, I thought. Scully, we haven't had enough time together. Please God, I prayed. Don't let anything have happened to her. I pushed the door open the rest of the way. What I saw shocked me. The apartment was empty. It had been cleared out. All of Scully's furniture was gone. I quickly checked every room. Nothing. There was some leftover food in the refrigerator, baking soda, and a stick of butter, but nothing else. The closets were empty. There was no phone plugged into the jack. The pictures on the wall were gone. No clothes in the closet. Nothing in the medicine cabinet. The apartment was completely empty. I wandered through the apartment in a daze. I didn't understand what had happened. Finally, I made it back out to my car. I had the sense to think to call Margaret Scully on my cell phone. Before I could dial her number, the phone rang. Scully, I thought, answering it immediately. Mulder, this is Skinner. I wanted to let you know that Agent Scully has resigned. My hopes that it was Scully on the phone vanished. What, I asked incredulously? She's resigned? I thought you knew until I saw that the witness's signature on her resignation form wasn't yours. Skinner's voice was calm, but I could tell that he was disappointed. Of course he was going to be calm, I thought. He's not like me. He has no clue that we got involved. He's not in love with her like I am. I I didn't know I managed to get out. I'm at her apartment now, and apparently she's moved. Her things are gone. Did she leave a forwarding address on the resignation form? Agent Mulder, I thought you would have known more about this. No, sir, I answered. I was hoping to get some answers from you, I thought. No forwarding address. She put on the form that her Annapolis address would be invalid after yesterday. Skinner paused. I wanted to ask him if he had seen her or talked to her, what her mental status had been like. This has got to be some terrible mistake. I spoke to her on the phone Monday after getting her resignation. I asked her why she was leaving. Skinner informed me, his tone somewhat less formal than it usually was. She said that she didn't feel comfortable discussing it with me. Well, I thought, at least that makes two of us. She obviously didn't feel comfortable discussing it with me either. Thank you, sir. It's a great loss to the Bureau, Skinner said, back to his professional demeanor. Yes, I choked out, suddenly feeling tears forming in my throat. Thank you, sir. I ended the call and dialed Margaret Scully as I started the car. She answered right away. Hello? Hello?
Mrs. Scully, it's Fox Mulder. My tone was terse. I needed to talk to you about Scully. I know, Fox, she answered. I was expecting you to call. Can you stop by? I'm on my way there now. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.